Amen and amen. If you got a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two. If we can get some lights on in the house, please appreciate it. Ephesians chapter two. <clears throat> As that video mentioned, yes, Christianity, right? Uh, and the church has done a lot of great things in the world. I know the church gets a bad rap. Right. In our world, especially today. But, man, there's a lot of things that exist today because of the church um, and its benevolence uh, because of the church and its heart for uh, the people. And so we're going to be talking about the church uh, this morning as we wrap up our series. I hope and pray that you've enjoyed the series as much as I have personally uh, studying uh, and walking through, uh, you know, uh, the certain scriptures pertaining to the certain topics. Uh, and just a reminder, uh, you know, uh, whenever we talk about uh uh, the non-negotiables of the Christian faith, man, it's important for us to know uh, and understand these things, right? Uh, to, As uh, Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15, to be able to uh, be ready to give a defense for the hope that's within uh, us, uh, right? Uh, obviously, we have faith, right? And, and we believe, uh, man, we came to know God by grace through faith. But, man, we have God's word as well. Uh, and so, man, we can uh, we can know the truth, right, and be able to defend the truth. And so uh, Ephesians chapter two, uh, we're going to be in verses uh, 13 through 22 today. Uh, and uh, before we read, I just want to give out a teaser. Uh, I, like I said, this is our last week in this series. Uh, starting next week, we're beginning a new series in the book of Colossians uh, called Jesus Over Everything. So we'll be walking through the book of Colossians over the next several weeks. Uh, and so you make sure to uh, be here, invite a friend to come join you. Right. Uh, man, we're going to be past Labor Day weekend. So all of us are going to be settled in right to the routine of life. So you make sure to uh, invite a friend to come and join us as uh, we uh, uh, walk through the book of Colossians together. And so Ephesians chapter two, if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. I'm going to read verses 13 through 22. If you don't have a Bible, it's all right. The verses will be on the screen. You can follow along there. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, Paul just gets done telling, uh, uh, talking about how far we were, right? How we were separated. The Bible in Romans tells us that we were enemies of God uh, at one point in time. But uh, those of us who were far off, man, have been brought near by the blood. Oh, thank you for the blood. Amen. Thank you for the blood. Uh, verse 14. For he, talking about Christ, he himself is our peace. Who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create himself one new man in place of the two making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. Verse 19. So then because of all that, hey, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 
In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. As I spoke to last week, we've got to remember the context here is that Paul is writing to the Gentile megachurch, uh, the Gentiles, right, who have come to know Jesus by grace through faith. Ephesians 2 talks about uh, that. Right. But these Gentiles for the longest time had told have been told that, hey, because they weren't Jewish by heritage, because they didn't follow Jewish customs, that they weren't, you know, as spiritual or as Christian as the Jewish Christians. And so what Paul is saying here is this. Hey, listen, you have here it is. You have equal access to God, the father, just as much as the Jewish Christians do because of what Jesus did. Uh, on the cross, man, and him raised, and being raised from the dead. When he died on the cross, the dividing wall of hostility, both between God and man, but also in the context here, between Jews and Gentiles, has been broken. And so now, together, these Jews and Gentiles, and hello, us in here as well, are one body together in Christ. Man, having equal access to him. And are called, man, to operate as one in, man, advancing of the gospel message. And so I've entitled this message simply this, the church, the church, simple enough, brother Adam, the church, the church. Why don't we pray together and then we'll jump into his word. Why don't we pray together? God, we love you. God, we thank you for God, the truth of your word, Lord. God, because of your son, what he did, Lord, the dividing wall of hostility has been broken. And now we're called as the church to move forward and advancing your word. Uh, God, to move forward in loving you with all of our heart and loving others as well. Lord, we ask and pray that you continue to meet with us now. Lord, have your way. Have your way in this place. And I pray, Lord, that we would leave as people different than the way we came. We love you. We thank you and we ask these things all in your name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Verses 13 through 18 speak to what happened right to, uh, in Christ, what happened to uh, the believer in Christ. It talks about how because he shed his blood, he divided, uh, broke the, you know, the dividing wall of hostility right between God and man, as I mentioned, but also between uh, Jew and Gentile, but across the board. Uh, you know, with those of us in here between other races. Here's the thing. Jesus is in the business of breaking down walls. He's in the business of breaking down walls. And that's what he has done. That's what he did whenever he died on the cross. Bible says whenever he said it was finished, the veil that separated right uh, uh, the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple there. Holy Holies, the place where only uh, the high priest could go to make offerings and sacrifice for the sins, you know, the people. Right. The veil that separated those two was torn from top to bottom. Right. To signifying the divide man being broken. He has broken the divide between God and man, but also between people. And so real quick, before we jump into verses 19 through 22, which is, want to focus, which is what I want to focus on, right? The privileges of being this one body. But before we do that, I got to preach a little bit to verses 13 through 18. What, a, what, what does the dividing wall of hostility being broken, what does that mean? What does that mean for us in here today? Number one, it means this. Hey, that he has torn down the walls of racism. Racism. Man, those of us who are in Christ, man, he has broken down the wall of racism. Galatians 3.28 tells us that, man, there's neither slave nor uh, free, uh, Jew nor Greek, right, man nor female, right? We are all one in Christ Jesus. 
And so uh, you all probably remember that song, that Michael Jackson song. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. He was writing that talking about, you know, uh, uh, injustice in the time. Well, here's the truth. Hey, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, yellow, green, purple. If you're in Christ, man, we are one in him. Amen. We're one in him. And so man, it's for us as believers, we ought to choose to live like that, to love one another, even though we look different. Than each other. I love looking out in the crowd and seeing all the different shades, the different colors. Man, hey, that's what heaven's going to look like. And that's what we're called to uh, look like as the church. Man, he has broken down the wall of racism. But secondly, hey, listen, he's broken down the wall of classism. Classism. If you know anything about the Jewish culture of that day, just speaking to Jews in particular here, excluding Gentiles... Right. The uh, the most elite people were the ones that, you know, ran the temple. Right. The the Pharisees or the religious elite, man, they're the ones that had the most money and they looked down on the poor. They, they were known in that system at the time as the expendable uh, people. Right. They, they you know, they really didn't have much hope. Right. Besides their heritage. Well, Jesus said, hey, it, hey, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Doesn't matter if you're wealthy or broke. In Christ, man, you're a part of his family. Amen. I'm glad I'm a part of his family. Hey, I, I grew up hey, not very rich, Brother Adam. I didn't, hey, I, didn't have much, hey, I didn't have much money. But in Christ, man, hey, I'm still a part of his family. We are in him. He broke down the wall of classism. And then lastly, hey, listen, he broke down the wall of sexism. Sexism. Listen, hey, male and female, man, both have equal access to God, right? And here it is, to be used by God. For his uh, purpose and will. Man, he's broken down the wall of sexes. I'm thankful that Jesus is in the business of breaking down the walls. And now those of us who are in him, man, have equal access to him and now have these privileges as his children uh, in today's time. And so you may ask, hey, Pastor, what are these privileges? What are these privileges? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's right here in verses 19 through 22. What are these privileges? We'll walk through them. Real quick. The first privilege is this. Hey, as a member of God's body, the church, hey, you can have communion with God, have communion with him. Look at the scripture here. Man, I got worked up, lost my lost my, you know, my spot here, my page. Let me go back. Verse verse 19. Well, verse 18. For through him, through Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the father. Praise God. We have access to him. Have access to him. Man, we can go to him, Brother Dwayne, any time, right? Any day of the week, any moment. Bible says in Psalm 121, right, that he's a God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. So, man, hey, he, he doesn't he doesn't need any rest. We can go to him, man, when we're in need of rest. And, man, he will meet us there, man. Go to him any time. Uh, in today's time, 2022, right, uh, uh, the world runs on Wi-Fi, doesn't it? Uh, Wi-Fi, man, we need Wi-Fi for basically everything. I mean, unless, you know, you've got that unlimited, you know, that unlimited data plan, right, that runs high speed. Man, if that's you, man, let me hop on. Let me, you know, let me, let's talk after. Let me hop on that plan with you. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but, you know, unless you got that plan, man, you need Wi-Fi. You need Wi-Fi. I remember I was on a road trip, you know, uh, back in July during my time off, and I had ran out of data, and man, the struggle was real. Man, running on that two gig data, man. I, I don't know how they did it during the Stone Ages, you know, without any of that stuff. I, I tell you what, I was struggling, man, trying to figure out what directions to get to places. I, I was struggling, struggling. We we need Wi-Fi. And, and in our home, right, you know, you see a lot of times if you've got Wi-Fi set up at your house, right, you, man, they've got to run lines, 
right? So I had that done recently. I switched, you know, my Wi-Fi brother Ben from, uh, you know, that track, I mean, uh, that spectrum, spectrum internet. Anybody here that has, has spectrum, I mean, to throw it, throw shade to you. But I switched and, uh, you know, moved to another internet provider and they had to lay, you know, uh, run wire, you know, through my house. They had to set up, you know, different kind of modems. And then, you know, I had a password in order to gain access to be able to use the Wi-Fi that's there. Hey, need the password to have access. And folks that come by, they need that same password. Well, hey, I've got good news for you. You know where I'm going, but I'm going to go there anyway. Hey, listen, in Christ, you have direct access. You don't need any kind of wires, right, to get to them. You don't need any kind of modem, right, set up to get to them. Hello. Hey, you don't you don't even need a password like open sesame or anything like that. Hey, you can go to him anytime. Anytime. And man, that's the privilege that we have. Hey, the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of us, even in our mess, man, wants to wants us to run to him. He desires for us to go to him and we can go to him at any time. Direct access to him. Scriptures that talk about it, Psalm 55, 22 says this. Hey, cast your burdens on the Lord for he will sustain you. Man, you can cast your burdens on. Him. Here's another one. Philippians four, six and seven. Paul writing to another church. Look what he says. He says this. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Here it is. Let your request be made known to God. And listen, when you do the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying is this. Hey. God isn't some genie in the bottle. He's not going to answer every single wish that you, and, and command that you give. But what he's saying is this. Whenever you choose to go to God, right, and, and, and give your request, your burdens to him, he hears you. And there is a peace that comes about in your life that, man, is, is really hard to explain. Even though you're still in, in that mess, the fact that you gave your mess to the Lord, man, hey, there's a peace that comes. That's a, hard to explain. And so for us in Christ, man, we ought to choose to be folks, man, that give what we've got to him. Here it is. Hey, instead of moping, complain about what you got going on, man, hey, choose to give it to God. Choose to give it to him. And then First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Look what Paul says here. He says this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Man, it's God's will for us to do those things. Rejoice Always and pray without ceasing and give thanks to him. So here's the question. Hey, when's the last time you've prayed? Uh, Listen, I'm not talking about praying over your food, although that's a good thing. I'm not talking about just praying over your food. When's the last time, man, you prayed, hey, to seek his face, to fellowship with him? Man, because, man, we're part of this body. Listen, man, we have direct access to him man. we can commune with him in prayer. And so, listen, may we choose to be people that. Pray, I pray, man, that's such a convicting thing for me. You know, I, I, I think, you know, for the longest time, man, my Christian life was, you know, solely about man, just man, knowing enough word, man. If I could know enough word, have enough word memorized, you know, if I can be able to do more things for God. And, and, and those things are great. Those things are great. But listen, it ought to start with prayer. Prayer is the word. So, man, let us pray. Let us pray. We have communion with God. Those of us who are in him, we have communion with him. Secondly, this, hey, now that we're part of his body, we are now citizens of him. Look back at the text here. We're citizens. 
So you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Man, again, he is speaking to the Gentile Christians here who never felt like that they were a part of the group. Never felt like they were part of the group. And what Paul is encouraging them is, hey, you're just as much a citizen of heaven as the Jewish Christian. And those of us sitting here, man, who know Jesus, we are now citizens of heaven as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, a stranger and an alien, right? Hey, listen, they can only go to a certain place, you know, uh, that, that in their country under, you know, a temporary visa of sorts. You know, they, they need some kind of temporary visa. But a citizen, man, can hey, go, come and go as they please because, man, they are a citizen of that place. And in the same way, listen, we are citizens of heaven, we're citizens of him. And what that means is, hey, us in Christ, man, because we're a citizen, we have rights. Right. We have rights in him, but also we have responsibilities. We have rights, but also we have responsibilities. Just think about it for a second. Those of you who are parents, you understand that. I was talking about my upbringing, right? Right. Growing up, man, I bear my, you know, my dad's last name, you know, my parents' last name. And so, man, as a child, right, uh, you know, my parents had a responsibility to take care of me. And, and within that, right, there were rights, man, rights to be able to live at their house. Right. I had a right to, you know, the education. Under the roof. Right? As, long, as long as I was there until I was 18, man, I had, you know, uh, certain rights. I might have thought I had more rights than what they thought I had rights of, but I had certain rights. Same your kids might think the same thing. But listen, I didn't just have rights. I also had responsibilities. Right. But hey, I had to clean my room. I had to do the dishes, do laundry. I had to do all these things that they told me. And if I didn't, right, I had a right to see that bill. Amen. Right. See that bill. Rights and responsibilities here. Let, let me go ahead and put this put this in free charge. Hey, be careful not to be like so many man that fall victim to this where they boast about the rights that they have in Christ while neglecting the responsibilities they also have in him. I believe I'll say that again. Hey, be careful not to fall victim to man boasting about the rights. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're free, free in Christ, man. Hey, I'm, man. Oh, yeah, I'm a citizen of his. Well, all the while neglecting the responsibilities they also have in him. It's both and, man. We have rights and responsibilities. They may say, Pastor Irv, hey, what are those rights? Well, I'm glad you asked. What are the responsibilities? We'll walk through those here real quick. Right. What are these rights? Right. Number one is this. Hey, freedom, freedom. Galatians 5, 1 tells us that, hey, we have been freed. Right. For in Christ Jesus, man, we are free. So, man, don't go back. Don't submit back to a yoke of slavery for freedom. He set us free, man. We are free in him. We've been freed from the chains of sin and Satan. So here it is. When temptation comes, man, hey, we can declare that freedom in Jesus name. We don't have to submit to it. Like I said last week, hey, we can say no. When temptation comes, we are free in Christ. Free in him. Second right that we have, right, is this identity, identity. Galatians 4, 7 tells us this, that, hey, not only now in Christ are we a son and a daughter, but we are also an heir. And in him and that inheritance, right, that we have received in him man, hey, we could live that out now, right now. Identity. We are a child of God, man. We've been accepted in him. 
We're a joint heir. We're blessed and highly favored. And listen, man, he is able and willing, man, to protect us from all alarms. Hey, listen, we have identity. Some of you may not ever fit into a group in your life. Some of you may struggle with identity issues today. Well, can I tell you, you don't have to in Jesus. You were his. Hallelujah. And then lastly, hey, we have authority. Authority. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6. Says this, even when we were dead in our trespasses, man, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Man, we have authority, have authority in Jesus name. Man, hey, when we speak the name of Jesus, man, there's power that's there. Man, when we pray in Jesus's name, man, he works. There's power there. Man, we have authority, have authority. As the scripture says, the weapons of our warfare are not physical, but they are spiritual. And man, they destroy strongholds. So we can walk in that authority that we have in Jesus's name. You know, Brother Cliff, I I struggle when people say, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm just a, woe is me, man. I'm just a sinner that's saved by grace. You know, I just, oh, man, I, you know, I'm just. Oh, I'm just trying to make it. Yeah, we are sinners saved by grace. But bless God, we've got authority in his name to be able to walk in him. Authority. And so, man, we ought to choose to walk in that. In Jesus name. And so we see the rights that we have. But secondly, we also see the responsibilities. Like I said, rights and responsibilities as a citizen. What are some of these responsibilities? Responsibility number one is this to choose to love. Love Matthew 22. Right. The great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all that you have, man. And hey, love your neighbor as yourself. We are called to love. And by the way, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Hey, you can't you you can't say that you love God and you don't love your neighbor. And by first, you can't say that, man, you love people without loving the Lord because we don't know what true love is outside of knowing him. And so the call is both. We've got to love God and love others. As you know, love is not is is not just an emotion. It is a verb. And we're called to demonstrate that love, man, for God and for us. How do we demonstrate our love for God, man? By following him in obedience. Right? how do we demonstrate our love for our neighbor, man? By serving them, caring for them. Man, we're called to love. That is a responsibility that we have in Christ. Second responsibility is this. Hey, we're called to give. Give. Acts 20, 35 tells us, man, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Paul talked about in the word, man, that on the first day of week, folks should set aside a tithe, a tenth, right, um, of what they earn, man, to give it to the ministry of the church. I know when, when folks talk about giving, right, I mean, sadly, some folks have the misconception of some, you know, uh, uh, sheeps and, you know, in, in wolves or wolves in sheep's clothing. You know, folks that talk about, hey, man, give, man, you know, so I can get a new airplane or give so I can give, you know, a new car. Man, hey, those folks are way off base. Right. The appropriate measure of giving, the reason why we give, number one, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Right. Also, we are called to give because, man, everything that we have. Is not ours anyways, it's God's. And so, man, we ought to choose to give back to him. And thirdly, man, we ought to give because, listen, this ministry can't run on its own. Hello. It can't. The, the reality is, right, hey, if we all chose to be folks that, that tithe, that, that gave a tenth of our amount, or just started somewhere, regardless of where you're at, man, hey, 
we'd be able to bless the needs of those that are in our community. We'd be able to do ministry, man, here in the building and reach people for Jesus. That's that's the purpose. That's the purpose. And so, listen, we ought to be folks that choose to give. Give. We'll be man. We'd be able to build more habitat houses. Man, hey, we'd be able to serve more schools in our community. Man, we'd be able to go all in, right, and 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 look to multiply our ministry, right, the ministry of Living Hope across all of Clarksville. And so, the call for us is to give, man. That's a responsibility that we've got. Responsibility we've got. Thirdly, right, third responsibility is, man, to serve. To serve. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Hey man, we gotta be folks that are steadfast, abounding in the work of the Lord. Man, immovable is what Paul says there. Serving. Listen, the Christian life is not one, right, that is simply, you know, a call to be cons- a consumer. Come and, and receive. What's for me to no, know? We're all a part of this body, man, and we're all called to serve in some way. I'm not saying you've got to come up here and preach. Every week. Man, if you want to, I mean, hey, you know, have a conversation. Make sure you're not, you know, not coming up here preaching, you know, something false or anything. But but listen, we all have been given gifts from the Lord, man. And and here it is. Man, until we draw our last breath. Man, we're called to be folks that steward those gifts, man, for the building up of God's kingdom. And so, man, we're called to serve. Where are you serving? Need help on where to serve, man? Hey, give my car. Shoot me an email. Shoot Pastor Greg an email, man. We'll get you plugged in. We're called to be folks that serve. And then lastly, right, last responsibility we have in Christ is this, man. We're called to invite. Called to invite. Matthew 22, 9 and 11. Jesus gives this parable, right? Invitations went out to folks about this banquet. They re- they rejected it. Man, the guy that was running the banquet got mad, told, told, you know, the folks that were there, hey, man, go out to the highways and the hedges, man, and invite all them to come in. It's this call, man, to share the gospel, invite folks to church and to Christ. And we've all have, we all have this call, all have this call, right? And it starts, first and foremost, right, with, with us, I mean, in prayer, right, asking the Lord to give us eyes to be able to see the lostness that's around us. But then secondly, look to be people, right, that step into their lives, build friendships, relationships with them, right, for the purpose of, man, obviously knowing them, but for the purpose of sharing the hope that's within us. Listen, I I said this on Wednesday, man, may it break our heart, man, for the lostness that's in this city. Did you know that there's close to 90% of people here in Clarksville that are unchurched? You might have thought, man, hey, we're in the greater Nashville area. Man, I, man, I thought that number was, it was high enough, you know, out west. Man, everybody's, you know, fleeing to come out here. No, no, no. 90%. A lot of lostness in our city. And, then, man, there's people that are lost that you're working with right now. Folks that you frequent and see every single day, man. What does it look like to take that first step in building that relationship? To invite them to Christ, man, and the church responsibilities. Hey, remember, hey, don't celebrate the rights, man, without owning the responsibilities that we have in him. We are citizens, man, citizens of him. Hallelujah. And with that comes rights and responsibilities. Then thirdly and lastly, and I'm done, uh, is this, man, in Christ, man, as a part of his body, man, we uh, are called, man, to be disciples. We're called to disciple others. Discipleship. 
discipleship. Look back at the text here, verse 20 through 22. It says this, your fellow citizens with saints and the members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. And, and in him, you also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. Something that our, our lead pastor has been telling us, our lead pastor at our Sango location, uh, Derek Smith, something that he's been telling us that he's been personally convicted about um, is uh, this call to build people. Uh, you know, I, those of you who've been with us long enough, we've been in this campaign where we, you know, are launching, looking to build a uh, new building, both, you know, at our main, at our Sango location, Southside, and also here uh, at Tylertown. Um, uh, but if we're not careful, we can solely focus on buildings and build more buildings and, and more people are going to come. And yes, hey, there's nothing wrong with building buildings, you know, being, you know, we need to be good stewards. Right. Uh, and and, you know, there's nothing wrong with building buildings, to be able to reach more people for Jesus. But if we're not careful, we can neglect right what Jesus is really or what Paul's really saying here through Christ. This call to build people. That's the call that each of us have, man, to build people. And that, that's what discipleship is, building people, building people. And I remember him saying that, man, I was convicted myself. Man, how am I building people? Who am I pouring into and investing in? And so, man, I just confess to you, man, hey, I'm, I'm working on what that looks like in my life and looking to set up ways to be able to do it. But that's what Paul is saying here, man, that, hey, we are being built up together. Right to be this one man body that looks to do the work of the Lord, man, both in the building and outside of it. And so we're called to be folks that build people up. First and foremost, that looks like this, understanding uh, the message, the message. We have this book, man, the Bible. Psalm 119.105 tells us, man, hey, this word ought to be a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Like to our path. This this word right ought to be the training manual of our life. That's what Paul says in verse 20 when he talks about, man, hey, everything built on the apostles and the prophets. Right. He's speaking to really the totality of the word there. Right. We're built up, man, whenever we're in the word. We build others up. Right. By taking them to the word, by feeding them the word, man. What place does the word have in your life? The word of God ought to be the training manual, man, for the Christian life. Here it is. You will not grow in Christ if you do not immerse yourself in the scriptures. And so you may ask, man, where do I start? I don't really read much. Where do I start? Man, let me encourage you. Hey, start in the book of John. Read a, read a passage at a time. If you need help and other resources, man, let us know. But, hey, get in the word. Get in the word. And, and, and I think I've said this before, but Pastor Greg, I'm just I'm just fired up today. So I'll say it again. Hey, get in the word consists of more than just reading the verse of the day on your Bible app. That's good. Don't get me wrong. But but it's, it's more than that. Man, immerse yourself in the word, man. Find creative ways to get in the word for me personally. Right. I like listen. I've talked about this before. I like listening to the, you know, the New Living Translation on the little Bible app. It's a little more animated. I'll listen to that in the mornings and then follow up and, and, you know, actually reading a hard copy of it. Maybe that's what you need to do. We've talked about before I talked to Alyssa, you know, our, our worship leader. You know, she's got a British guy that she listens to, you know, that reads the word. Right. You can find it in different languages. 
different dialects. Now, I mean, if you speak different languages, you know, then you can listen to different languages. Different, different. You get what I'm saying. Read the word. Read the word. <laughs> Lost my train of thought. I realized, yeah, different languages. That's not what I was trying to say. But get in the word. Get in the word. Get in the word. Listen, the message, the message, man, get in the word, man. As it's been said before, get in the word until it gets into you. Uh, get in the word. And then secondly, right, what discipleship looks like is this mission and being on mission. And, you know, the great commission. Right. We're called to be folks that make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit together. Right. We're called to live life on mission. And so what does that look like in your life? I remember learning how to drive. Um, my dad teaching me how to drive. And of course, you know, went, um, you know, and, and practiced some before I actually got my learner's permit. <clears throat> and I remember, you know, my dad sitting there with me. We're driving around some of these back roads and, you know, he's teaching me all the fundamentals. But one thing he was man encouraging me to do was, hey, you need to read this manual. Need to read this manual, or you know the test is coming. Need to read. I'm thinking, brother Dwayne, what do I got to read a manual on? What the what the red color means on a stoplight, or what the yellow color means? I think I'm good. And I remember going in and taking the actual permit test, and I remember legit, you know, because I heard from friends, man, oh yeah, the test is easy, man, you're good. I heard from friends, man, and I get there, and I got some of the hardest questions, like how many feet do you need to begin, you know? Pressing the brake before you come to a complete stop. I'm thinking, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. I just click on the brake, you know. So it, it, hopefully I don't crash, you know. I, what is that? And so needless to say, I end up failing the test. And I walk out in shame, you know. And my dad, I tell him, he starts laughing at me. True story. <laughs> and then he tried, you know, and then he encourages me again. He's like, hey, Herb, I told you now. I told you. And so I began reading the book and got my permit and still began driving with them and got to a point where, you know, was able to get my license. And even then, you know, that, you know, one time, I, you know, he drove with me just to make sure that I had, you know, things down pat. And I'd say now, you know, 13, 14 years later, you know, feel like I'm a pretty decent driver. Still can grow some, but pretty decent driver. Listen, learning how to drive is a lot like discipleship. We're called to be folks, man, that that sit in the passenger seat, man, of that new believer, right? That we might have led to Christ or that new believer man, that's that's in the life of the church, man, and, and encourage them. Man, hey, hey, they're, they're walking this Christian life, but but we're we're there alongside them, man, encouraging them, teaching. Hey, encur- hey, listen, hey, get, get in the book, get in the book. Hey, listen, hey, make sure, man, you, hey, you, you go to stop right then and there. And a lot of times, man, we, we think as soon as they get saved, we just let them go do their own thing. When in reality, man, we're called to be folks, man, that step in and invest, that pour in, that encourage. Man, that's what discipleship is. What does that look like in your life? Some of you this season of life, it may be your kids or grandkids, man, that you're pouring into. Man, hey, continue to do so. It's not in vain. Some of you, right, God's put in your heart people, you know, that you're close with that, you know, are saved. But, man, you know, kind of like me, man, whenever I get around, you, you just talk about sports, the weather. Instead of asking, man, hey, how's your walk with God going? How's your marriage? Asking real questions, man, that'll encourage. 
And may we choose to be folks, man, that disciple, that pour into one another. A few quick takeaways and then we'll be done. So what does this mean for us in here? Takeaway number one is this. We're called to be folks that are kind and hospitable to all within the household of faith. Called to be folks that are kind and hospitable to all that's within the household of faith. Yeah, there may be folks that you're more inclined to hang out with because they have similar backgrounds, but that doesn't mean you neglect and be rude to those that may be different than you are in Christ. Now, we're called to be kind and hospitable. Is that you? Secondly, what that looks like is this, man, choosing to be intentional in discipling others and also being discipled ourselves. Listen, we're, we're, we're not too far advanced, man, to be poured into and invested in as a Christian. And listen, we've never retired from, man, investing and pouring into other people. So what does that look like in your life? Man, that's a responsibility we have in Christ. And then thirdly and lastly is this. Hey, be all in with the responsibilities of being a citizen of heaven. Man, fulfill these responsibilities to love, man, to give, to serve, and to invite. We're not just consumers here. Tyler Town, hey, Tyler Town Church is not going to be known as a place that's full of consumers. Christian life, man, we're going to be known as a man of people, man, that love God and man that serve Him in whatever capacity that we can. But we're going to be folks that serve Him. Man, be all in in the responsibilities of being a citizen of.